Hello and welcome to the October DCM podcast. This month's podcast is a kind of diptych, is it diptych, Tri- diptych, yeah, or double header. Um, I'm just experimenting with new words on the podcast today. Uh, the first part of the podcast focuses on the Digital Cinema Media Awards, uh, which took place just about four weeks ago, four weeks ago today, in fact. And the second will focus on the recently concluded BFI London Film Festival. Joining me for the first part of the podcast, and potentially the second as well, is podcast regular, DCM's Director of Marketing and Insight, Zoe Jones. Hello, Zoe. Hi, Tom. I have got your job title correct, haven't I? You, you have, thank you. Good. I did pause slightly it, thinking... It is quite long-winded. Yeah, well, you know, I never know whether it's Insight and Marketing or Marketing and Insight Director, but I just went with it and it paid off. Uh, so, as I said, just over a month ago was one of the biggest nights in the DCM calendar, Uh, the second annual Digital Cinema Media Awards. Um, Established to celebrate the very best in big screen advertising, it took place at the Ham Yard Hotel in Soho to about 200 people from the media and advertising industry. Now, tell us a little bit about why we started the Digital Cinema Media Awards and what its aims are. So we started it last year, as you said, um, in partnership with Campaign. So our aim really is to showcase the very best, as you say, in cinema advertising, um, looking at all the different ways in which our customers, brands, agencies can can use the big screen and beyond really to deliver all their objectives. So we have a great judging panel for the last two years. They're very rigorous in terms of looking at the entries. It really is the very best that gets to win on the night. Um, it was hosted by some guy um, we know. It could have been anyone. Could have <laughs> anyone could have done uh, it. And yeah, it's a great celebration. You know, a lot of work goes into it. You know, we launch it in April and then the ceremony happens in September. And obviously all the people that enter, there's a lot of great work from that side too. So it's one of the things we're most proud of actually. Um, and I think hopefully it will inspire people to enter for many years. And I think we've really pushed the boundaries of what cinema can do this year with the winners. And the awards are held in conjunction or in partnership with Haymarket Media. Campaign's global editor-in-chief Claire Beale chairs the judging panel. And there are some pretty big names on the judging panel from the um media and advertising industries can you just give us a bit of insight into who's on the panel yeah absolutely we had a real mix of i guess media agency ceos clients and we had a a great guy from the creative industry as well this time um Lowell from mccann who just gave a bit of a different insight as well from a entertainment perspective you know yes everything has to be effective but the really best work also entertains particularly when it's in the cinema to that shared experience that, that really attentive audience so we had a really great mix of people and if anyone's interested to see the judging panel all the winners we have a whole area of our website that showcases all of that including the awards brochure from the night so and we've got a video of of the night it's only three minutes long you'll see how dashing and handsome the host was as well <laughs> um but um it was a it was a roar i mean i have been obviously involved on the fir- on the first two digital and media awards and it, it's a roaring success i think um we get some great feedback about it, and I think it genuinely does inspire people. Definitely, and we have um, we have this six categories. Um, we added a new category this year, which was marketing for good, which I was really proud to add to the list, and I was really inspired by the winner of that. Actually, it's one of my favourite campaigns, uh, the R and L I one. Well, we'll we'll talk about the six categories okay. uh, very briefly. So there are six um, awards. Uh, the first of which is best use of dynamic targeting in cinema which, uh, tell us a little bit about that award. Um, so we went digital in 2012 and it really changed how people could use the cinema medium. Um, so we, we, we've had this category 
and the entries were brilliant. Um, DFS won, um, and what was really interesting was they used our Cinemapper tool, and they also used um, mobile in partnership with a company called Mobster. So that was really inspiring for us to see how a newcomer to cinema as well, who hasn't necessarily used cinema loads in the past, has used that dynamic targeting capability. Uh, and the second category was best use of cinema in an integrated campaign. Uh, and this one had a, a very popular winner, didn't it? Yes. So this was 3 in LG. Um, and, yeah, this also won the Grand Prix, without yeah. giving any spoilers well, yeah. away. Well, it, uh, the, that was a minor spoiler. <laughs> but um, but the, the ad's called I Know What You Unboxed Last Summer, and it's a riff on the Blair Witch Project, and it's yeah. a three-minute creative, is it? Yeah, I think what's really nice about this is it combines, I guess, a riff of the film, but also the riff on the whole unboxing trend on YouTube. So it really combined, I guess, the trends on YouTube with with um, really powerful film Genuinely references. quite scary. It was really quite scary. I mean, you know I hate horrors. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've managed to sit through it. But what's fantastic about this is it's a really brave piece of branded content, I guess. And they put it in cinema in full. So it's a brilliant showcase for letting everybody know that we can carry long-form ads and they have massive impact. And if you combine it with a very clever campaign that's integrated across lots of different channels, then cinema at the heart of it can really deliver. And I think it... It really did blow the judging panel away, this one. I, yeah. A lot of people weren't aware of it. Um, and it is a terrific ad. Funny, scary, really impactful, but also you come away f- remembering the brand. Definitely. I think when we showcased it on the night as well, you know, the whole audience absolutely loved it. And again, we were in a cinema, obviously, to present our awards. And so you really got the feel for what it's like to watch it on the big screen. And, and what's great is it, it is really entertaining and fun and it worked. And um, this third award is for Best Newcomer to Cinema, which went to House of Fraser and Good Stuff for their Your Christmas, Your Rules ad. This is to for brands who haven't been on cinema since we went digital. That's correct, Yeah, isn't it? that's right. Or at all. Um, so what was great about this one is obviously Christmas ads are such an institution now in advertising. House of Fraser were really brave, actually. They put majority of their budget into cinema, and they did it quite late. Um, but it really stood out. Um, in terms of cinema and in terms of Christmas advertising. Really fantastic soundtrack, very stylish ad, looked brilliant on the big screen. Then the fourth award is for Best Use of Innovation in Cinema. Tell us a little bit about that award. So this was another hotly contested and hotly debated category. Um, The winner, I think, used cinema in such a fantastic way. I mean, it was a brilliant stunt done in a picture house cinema, which is one of our um, flagships. And it was just so, so much fun again, um, you know, actually seeing the reactions of people in the audience. And again, this is quite a good integrated campaign because it was all set in the cinema, but then it, it went viral and had amazing results. In I terms think it had of five views. million views on yeah. YouTube. It's the smart energy ad, uh, get Gaz and Lecky under control, where um, Gaz and Lecky escape from the cinema screen and run right around a, a, a cinema a, picture house central as I mentioned so I think you know what's great about this is it's a live ad I guess we'd call it and you know any brand can do it it doesn't necessarily require a huge amount of investment but if it's done really well um, and I guess sent viral the way this one was it can really deliver the fifth award which you already touched on was best marketing for good campaign which went to RNLI um, for their Respect the Water campaign. Another really impactful ad. You know, people hold their breath when they watch this ad. Well, yeah, I love this because the whole point is, you know, don't breathe and you have to do it in time. And again, that whole power of that shared experience, everyone doing it in unison. You know, we were doing it in the judging room, we were doing it on the night. Um, I think it really brings home to you how careful people have to be. And, and they also used our Cinemapper tool again to plan 
uh, the campaign to run in cinemas that were near water, so by the coast or by rivers, etc. So I think there's been a lot in the press about um, the RNLI in the last year, and it, it was just really, really powerful. And it was an ad that really only works on cinema as well, isn't it? You know, you can, you can sit and, watch, if you're watching TV by yourself, play along, but it only works, has the impact it does in a room full of people. Exactly, and, and I think that's what everyone was realising as you're judging this. Yes, we're, we're all watching it in a slightly different way, but we, we, we do play all the ads when we're doing the judging, and, and everyone is, is really moved by, particularly the marketing for good category, I think. Again, this was really hotly contested, but there's something that really plays on the emotions, particularly in this category, and I feel that that's what is quite unique to cinema. And then the final award is the Grand Prix, which you uh, mentioned earlier, Sorry. spoiled earlier. <laughs> um, and this is basically announced of the winner of the five categories. Um, and it went to three in LG for that. I know you want what you unboxed last summer ad. What made this ad stand out from the others? Again, there was a lot of debate. You know, each of the winners would, would warrant the Grand Prix in, the, in, in different ways. But the judges really felt this was an amazing I guess, showcase for what cinema is about the whole it worked but the entertainment aspect the fact that it was so brave to run long-form content in cinema uh, it's a great statement for us as an industry and the judges were really really proud to put this one forward as the ultimate winner so the second annual digital cinema media awards i think it's fair to call them a roaring success yes Uh, how do we go about improving for next year and what can we um, look to to do differently next year? Well I think we're always um, open for feedback you know we're already thinking do we slightly tweak the categories you know how do we make them bigger and better um, getting more and more fantastic entries and I think you know on the night we just want everyone to have such a fantastic time and really celebrate the very best in cinema and I think people had a lot of fun this year we haven't really mentioned that but it, it was a fun evening as well as... Uh, yeah, I mean, because it is fun because everyone arrives around six thirty, seven o'clock, don't they? Um, we all have drinks and then the ceremony starts about 7.30, quarter to 8. And then it's all done by 8.30, isn't it? 8.45. 8. Yeah. And so the rest of the evening spent chatting, drinking, just having fun. There was red some, carpet. There was some dancing as well and photos taken. And I think that... Might, that is different to the traditional award ceremony we see. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's better, but I think it is makes for a more relaxed evening. And it's great to see how much it means to people to win and you know that that's what's what it's all about really. And the trophy is one of the coolest trophies in Media Land. You can probably see a, a image of it or see the trophy in the video which is on the website. But all the details about the awards are on the website. Uh, if you're interested in getting involved next year, um, there's all guidelines for how to enter and what we're looking for. And hopefully we'll see you next year at the third annual Digital Cinema Media Awards. Absolutely. Now, I said at the start that this is a diptych. I think that's the word. I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm overreaching. I haven't used it before. No, I've not really used it before. I've kind of, I feel like I'm overreaching and I might look silly, but I'm going for it anyway. The second part of the podcast is on the 60th BFI London Film Festival, which finished on Sunday the 16th of October. And it brought to a close what I would call probably the strongest edition of the festival for years. I mean, only 2013 really comes close in 2013 you might remember had galas such as 12 years a slave gravity captain phillips blue is the warmest color really strong films but i think this year maybe even surpassed it i think the depth of the program this year surpassed it why do we partner with the bfi london film festival zoe well we've partnered with them for 17 years i think 17 years um and you know we're really proud to be partners with bfi we also partner with bafta and 
we really straddle, I guess, the whole film and the advertising world in, in how we work. Um, and BFI, you know, every year we partner with them for the whole year, but the London Film Festival is, I guess, the flagship part of that partnership. And it's just a brilliant way of celebrating everything in film. Um, the range of films is fantastic and the range of venues across London. And what I love about this festival as opposed to others as well is the public can really get involved. So I think that gives a different feel to it. It doesn't feel... Yes, there are exclusive galas and we take a lot of our clients and customers, but I think we, we try and involve the entire team and try and encourage everyone to get to as many things as possible. And the public can buy tickets to all the screenings. Yeah, you know, there's absolutely. not a private screening in it. What people, I think, don't realise is the can, you need accreditation. A lot of the screenings are just journalists or industry, whereas London Film Festival, if you are quick enough on the internet, you can buy tickets. Yeah, and you, and you can see the range of films. I feel, I think this year I agree, I think there's... There's such a range for everybody. Um, they have all the different galas. They have different themes, like the love. They have strand galas, which are based on the, the I think, eight strands of love, debate, dare, thrill, uh, sonic, experimenter, and maybe a couple of others, which I can't think of off the top of my head. But they also have the opening galas and then the, the headline galas as well. Yeah. So the opening night gala was Amara Sante's United Kingdom, and, and the closing night gala was Ben Wheatley's Free Fire. They really um, went with a British auteur feel to the opening and closing galas this year which I think is a great thing but then uh, the headline galas are things like the American Express gala the Mayor of London gala yeah. that sort of thing they were some really big titles coming out over the next few months things like Arrival La La Land Lion Manchester by the Sea uh, really strong films that, um, can I do another spoiler yeah, yeah go on uh, Arrival will be our next DCM Tuesday. Yeah, Arrival is the next DCM Tuesdays you might, if you, you might be hearing this first have the invites gone out yet? No. No, they haven't gone out, so you'll be hearing this first, but Arrival, I saw it at the film festival. It's Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, directed by Denis Villeneuve, who's next year doing the Blade Runner 2049. It's about a linguist who is recruited by the government to try and communicate with these aliens who have landed in 12 mysterious spacecraft around the world, uh, and she goes and tries to communicate with them and find out what their purposes are, and... It's a real stunning, brain-teasing, intelligent sci-fi. I found it really beautiful and quite emotional as well. And a great lead performance from Amy Adams and a really great supporting performance from Jeremy Renner, which I, I'm not always convinced by Jeremy Renner, but in this one, he really kind of takes second fiddle to Amy Adams, but supports her really well. And I think it's going to be a great DCM Tuesdays and I think a lot of people will love this film I when it comes Amy, out. I think Amy Adams is one of the most... I don't think I don't think underrated. I think underrated is too strong, but I feel like she's doing some amazing performances. And Nocturnal Animals, she's also in, which is at the film festival. Um, that was the Friday night gala, wasn't it? But I think she's got such a huge range. If you think about the types of roles she plays, every year she's got. Year she's, she's in a great film, yeah. uh, or pu- putting in a great performance in a film. Uh, I think she's she's like Jessica Chastain. You almost take it for granted. When she, when is Amy Adams ever bad? She's never bad. And you know, some actresses or actors. They'll do a good performance every four years or whatever. She seems to have one or two every year. Yeah. I think, uh, I th- and she's terrific in this. I thought it's a really great film. It's out on the 10th of November. So if you didn't get to see it at the festival and you don't get to see it at DCM Tuesdays, you've only got a few weeks to wait. But it genuinely is uh, a terrific thriller. It's a big question then, Tom. What were your top three films at the festival? Wow, my top three films at the festival. My favourite film, I'll go in reverse order. My third favourite film was a Korean film called The Wailing which uh, from a, by a Korean director called Hong Jin-na, I think it is. And he, uh, it's his third film, and it was this incredible two-and-a-half-hour crime mystery drama that uh, the longer it went on, it 
occult elements that came into awesome. it and um, it wasn't scary was it, it was scary okay. uh, and um, but just some amazing scenes in this it felt like nothing I've seen in years uh, he's a really really talented director he's quite young as well and um, it's out on the 25th of November so if you get the chance to see that don't miss it my second favourite film was Manchester by the Sea which is Kenneth Lonergan's drama starring Casey Affleck about a man who has to go back to his hometown um, after the death of his brother to look after his brother's son it also stars Michelle Williams and it was a really beautiful emotional devastating drama and Casey Affleck is probably going to win the best actor Oscar for this yeah, I genuinely think, buzz around his I think he's going to win it he I can't I mean I looking at what's to come unless Andrew Garfield is incredible in Martin Scorsese's silence I don't think anything is going to challenge Casey you, Affleck you're also saying maybe Tom Hanks you know the usual Oscar contender could be Tom Hanks and Sully yeah but Sully, I think but... Casey Affleck's story being the fact that he hasn't won and it it really is a great film. I think he's gonna he could win, and Michelle Williams could get an Oscar nominated for Best Supporting Actress. I think it's one of the best films that I've seen this year. I don't think anything in awards season in twenty sixteen is as good as this is, wow. and it's coming out on the thirteenth of January. So I really think next year awards season is looking brilliant. And the best film I saw was Moonlight, which hasn't got a release date yet, but it will have a release date, and it will be Oscar nominated. It's a bit like boyhood in that it's three stages of a boy's life as he becomes a man. He's uh, an African-American guy in Miami and the first part of the film is him as a seven or eight-year-old. Then the second part of him is 14, 15 and the third part is him as like mid-twenties. Uh, and it's how incidents in this in his life affect his uh, development as an adult. And it's brilliant best some of the best acting i've seen on screen oh, wow. in the last few years really it really affected me i came out of it um and then for a few days i couldn't get it out of my mind it was really romantic and it, it, it reminded me of carol that came out last year in the way that it was just kind of unabashed romanticism it felt like something i hadn't seen before and i really loved it and i can't wait for that to come out and i expect that it'll be out in january or february but don't miss that so award season next year and this year, obviously we get to see a lot of those films during the festival. You said that's looking really strong. I mean, La La Land has had a huge amount of buzz in our office as well. And I think Emma Stone's performance, Ryan Gosling's supposed to be amazing as well, but yep. everyone's raving about her performance. Had you asked me for my top four films of the festival, <laughs> La La Land would have been number four. Um, and uh, that, I mean, like, looking at January, we've got La La Land and Manchester by the Sea on the same day. Then we've got Lion, which people loved in the office which is out the week later we've also got the new Martin Scorsese one Silence we've got the new Ang Lee one Billy Lynn's Long Half Time Walk we've got a Monster Calls on New Year's Day which people in the office really loved unfortunately I never got to see and then we've also got Moonlight which hasn't got a release date yet we've got Loving the Jeff Nichols one which didn't play at the festival and then I mean I'm not sure it's going to be awards but we've got Trainspotting 2 as well I mean January is looking it's so looking strong amazing. really strong films in January I think I think it's the strongest January we've had for quite some time. I think it's the strongest award season we've had for a few years. I mean, going back to La La Land as well, because everyone's talking about it in the office, it's obviously directed by the guy that did Whiplash, which was DCM's officially favourite film of 2015. Yep. Um, and it, I think he's gone back to a bit of his jazz theme, but I think we were talking about this when we, the trailer doesn't necessarily do the film well, justice. The, the trailer makes it look... Making it look a bit different. A little bit sombre, because it's that... They, they use a song from the film, City of Stars, which is a kind of like melancholic, mournful um, song based around a kind of a simple piano line, and that isn't indicative of the film. 
the film opens with this big dance number on this freeway in LA, a really great sequence that's all about how the sun is shining and it's all upbeat. And the film is very optimistic and warm-hearted and the trailer doesn't quite get that across yet. I think, I'm, I'm hoping Lionsgate will release a new trailer which gets that across because I think it's a film a lot of people will love. It's romantic, it's really well acted, it's surprisingly funny. The trailer doesn't get across at all how funny it is. And um, Emma Stone puts in the best performance I've ever seen from her. I think people who might have been on the fence about Emma Stone, whoever you are, um, <laughs> will be really taken with how good she is in this film. And Ryan Gosling, is he's had a great year. I mean, he was very funny in The Nice Guys. I think he's very funny in this. And people will love this. I think it's a good time for the classic musical to come back, and La La Land is what is going to inspire that. Brilliant. So, yeah, the London Film Festival, um, it's the best time of year, I think, to be a film fan in London. And... I think it's an indication of just how strong the next few months are, or the next six months, because some of these films won't be coming out till March, April, May. Uh, I think we've got a lot to look forward to over the coming year. I mean, 2017 is looking amazingly strong generally, isn't it? Yeah. Not just the awards-type contender films. I mean, there's a lot of buzz in the office at the moment about certain trailers. New Guardians of the Galaxy trailer came out yesterday, and everyone stopped what they were doing in the office and watched it. I think, I think of all the Marvel titles now this is the one that most people really want to see more of I, I can't wait you loved Guardians of the Galaxy didn't you I've seen it about ten times really what is it you love about Guardians of the Galaxy I think a bit like we were saying I think they they really nailed the very different types of characters a lot of humour it's just really fun and I think Chris Pratt is such an engaging leading man but the whole ensemble cast is, is quite inspired and I think the little peak of Baby Groot on the rocket shoulder I think was probably the highlight of the trailer we've just seen. It's out on the 28th of April and it's undoubtedly going to be one of the biggest films of next year. One of the trailers that's already out that I'm, re- I'm a big fan of is the Kong Skull Island one mm. which essentially looks like Apocalypse Now meets Godzilla but with a f- an amazing cast including Brie Larson, Tom Hiddleston, John C. Riley, Samuel L. Jackson, John Goodman uh, and really spectacular and I'm, I'm kind of intrigued because it's directed by a second time director called Jordan Vogt Roberts who did a film called Kings of Summer, which was a quite nice coming-of-age film that I wasn't completely taken with, but they've given him this film off the back of it, which is completely different, and it looks spectacular. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about that one, and that's on, that's out on my birthday, oh, 10th, 10th of March. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, might, we won't be going to see that on my birthday, but maybe the 11th of March I'll be going to see it. Well, again, we'll be talking loads about 2017 slate, won't we, our upfront event, which yep. we're sending invites out from this week, really. So... Tom, you'll be presenting, I guess, a, a the film really side of it. Yeah, look at the film slate. So, um, if you are listening and you want to come along to that, get in contact with your DCM rep. It takes place on the twenty eighth of November at BAFTA, and it's a morning event, Monday morning event. It, you'll be back at your desk by midday probably, but you'll get to see what we're up to in twenty seventeen. And we've got some really great speakers. Who've we got speaking? So we've got Andrew Mortimer, who's director of media at Sky. We've got. Miles Carter, who's an amazing creative from Adam and Eve, DDB. And we've got uh, some guy, Tom Lanay, who I mentioned. <laughs> well, not that, uh, not And we're also releasing a second volume of our research, Building Box Office Brands. So we'll have Sally Dickerson, who's MD of Benchmarketing, talking about econometrics, which is a new chapter in that. And there'll be those um, very nice breakfast rolls that BAFTA put on. If, that, <laughs> so if the speakers don't sell it to you, exactly. the breakfast rolls <laughs> should do. Um, and so I think that's just about wraps up uh, today's podcast or this month's podcast. Thank you, Zoe, for joining it's me. Always a pleasure, Tom. And I'll be back next month and I'll have a, another exciting guest with me. Thanks for listening. <laughs>